0: Like many of you, I'm curious about many topics, and what better way to learn than to speak directly with the people who have the answers or insights that you're looking for. My name is Costa. welcome to Founder Reviews, that's what this channel is all about. You're going to hear me pick the brains of thought leaders, CEOs, politicians, and business experts about subjects that I'm personally interested in or working on at any given time from economics, business, real estate investing, Bitcoin, politics, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Nate, very nice to meet you and welcome to the Founder Views podcast. I was really excited to speak with you today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm Looking forward to this
0: for sure. So, uh, random, we we're talking offline a bit, and you know, I randomly came across you on Twitter. Uh, and then you seem to be like a, just one of those uh, more prominent and but clearest voices I've seen who talk about infinite banking and this concept. And I think that's very important because, uh, if we want this concept to spread to more people and just get more people tuned in, you know, it has to be explain simply and practically that anyone can relate to. Um, So, you know, thanks for that. Thanks for putting out the content and and I'm glad we were able to connect.
1: Well, I um, one of the things that I discovered very early on whenever I kind of went down this rabbit hole of learning is that one of the biggest misconceptions with whole life insurance in general is that you have to be wealthy in order to actually use it to your advantage. And that's simply just not true. And in fact, when I started my first policy, like, I I mean, my background is in ministry. I mean, I was working at a church, um, doing youth and music ministry. Um, my wife is an educator, like we've never had a lot of money, but, um, came across this concept and it made a lot of sense. And even for, for us not having a whole lot, we got started and it still did, Miraculous things for us,
0: for sure. And that, it's funny you mentioned that about you know uh, this misconception about only the wealthy. That's something I, I wanted to talk about as well. But um, let's start from the beginning. You know, like I feel like everyone who's really into this concept shares some kind of characteristics or outlooks on maybe the world or the economy. So, like, how did you stumble on this infinite banking concept? Like, you know, how did this world open up to you?
1: my values have always, I'm always looking and seeking ways that I can create more freedom for myself. Um, it, the, the working years that I had when I was putting money into the stock market, nothing ever really sat well for me doing that because I, I, felt, I felt that lack of control and also simultaneously, I was, for me, I was funding a very corrupt system because you do some research and you figure out how corrupt, you know, the stock market is. So I was, I was funding this corrupt system that really didn't align with my values for the hope of something better in the future, because that's what everybody was telling me to do. I mean, I was following the Dave Ramsey model and I was socking money away in a gross stock mutual fund. Um, but it, it was late 2017 that I came across Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And before that, uh, I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That, that was in 2016. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad for the first time. And that really started the beginning of my true financial education, as Robert Kiyosaki likes to say, uh, because up until that point, everything I was doing was, a lot a lot around what i learned from Dave Ramsey. And so um, reading Rich Dad Poor Dad really prepared me for Becoming Your Own Banker because I had already started entertaining the idea of, okay, maybe I don't have it all figured out or maybe Dave doesn't have it all figured out. Um, and so read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Some of the concepts clicked for me very quickly and I got really excited about it and I called up my buddy Brandon who is now my business partner. We grew up together. We've known each other for a very long time. Um, And I said, man, I just read this book and I need to get your opinion on it very quickly because uh, my, my feeling was after I read it, I was like, if this is real, this is crazy. And so Brandon read the book and... He came back eventually and said, yeah, man, like uh, I think there really is something to this. So we started doing some research and found a podcast. These two guys, Mike and Chris, uh, they had a podcast called Life Success and Legacy and started listening to their podcast, started connecting with them and we became their clients. We started our policies with them, got really excited about what, we were doing for ourselves um, but also really got fired up about what we were learning and one day me and brandon were just like man wouldn't it be cool to go out and teach other people just like what mike and chris have done for us and so we let them know hey we've just been inspired by y'all and we want to we want to teach this and so they agreed to mentor us and they just poured into us for a couple of years as we were building our business and eventually kicked us out the nest and they said all right we can't teach y'all anything else y'all got it
0: that's amazing man that's that's incredible i have sort of a similar you know story myself like you know uh someone i met on a podcast we had on something with real estate related I uh, wasn't on this topic at all but then uh started following each other on on social media and then i i see him posting this stuff about Becoming Your Own Banker, Infinite Banking, and I never really paid much attention to it until I saw one random post of his about books that he recommended, and one of them was Becoming Your Own Banker, and for some reason, I'm like, okay, I got to, like, download this book, and same thing, like, that just was, like, the biggest eye-opener for me, I'm like, if this is real, like, like you said, this is crazy, like, I got to dive in more, so, um, yeah, very cool. Yeah.
1: One of one of my clients uh, actually said this on Twitter. He said, "Infinite banking is the red pill of red pills when it comes to personal finance, because you are introduced to a a whole new world of finance that is really right in front of you." Um, I kind of I kind of equate it to Stranger Things a little bit. Like infinite banking is kind of like. Um, it's kind of like the upside down it's like it's there like you're it, it, but you don't see it um but, but infinite banking also has uh a, a lot more to offer than the than the upside down it's like the the good part of the upside down yeah it's, um, it
0: it's it's like a never ending rabbit hole that you go right. down and you you'll never get back up really' cause it's the it's a fine like the the possibilities are infinite just like the name right And Austin
1: said the reason that he named it infinite is because you're only limited by your imagination as far as how you want to use it. 100%
0: true. Totally agree with that. So I want to sort of like, you know, peel it back and and speak to to people on a a, try and speak to people and connect with people on just a very practical level. So I want to start off by like, what is wrong with the way people are managing their money today?
1: So the biggest problem that people face right now and how they're operating with their finances is they lack certainty and they lack control. And I don't know who said it, but um, it was a question that came up some time ago and and I never forgot it is what is the economic value of certainty in your life? What is the economic value of control in your life? Those are things that we never sit down and put pen to paper and things that we never just sit down and think about. Is what is the economic value of certainty and control and the beauty of infinite banking is the the idea that we can actually grow our wealth while simultaneously controlling it Um, and we can actually grow our wealth with relative certainty based on a very strong track record of the life insurance industry as a whole most people don't realize this but you know, the life insurance industry is probably one of the most stable industries in our nation's history. Going all the way back to the Great Depression, there were times where banks were no longer lending money to their customers when life insurance companies were still loaning money to their customers. Because life insurance companies work off of a dollar-for-dollar dollar cash reserve system, our, our current financial system, the banking system, operates off this fractional reserve system. So with fractional reserve uh, systems, they have the ability to create money out of thin air. Well, with life insurance, it's all it's all backed by those dollars. So you're not putting yourself in a situation where you might be handed an IOU one day from the bank um, where the life insurance industry has very strict standards that they have to abide by Uh, They're state regulated here in the United States, and they have to show the state once a year that they have enough money on hand to satisfy their minimum reserve requirements. And some of these mutual insurance companies that we use for infinite banking policies, they have like five to six hundred percent over and above the minimum requirements on hand. And so. The certainty and control aspect of it is really important, and that is where so many people miss. And then on top of that, people are constantly interrupting the growth of their money. And that's one of the cool things about infinite banking is it offers uninterrupted compounding growth the rest of your life. Well, no one's ever experienced uninterrupted growth their entire life. It's always interrupted by something. Um, because it's always tied to the market in some way. So, so if it's real estate, well, that gets interrupted. If it's a stock market, that gets interrupted. Crypto, obviously, gets interrupted daily. Um, so no one ever gets to experience uninterrupted compounding growth and, uh, and gets to enjoy what that actually means. And so the, the certainty and control aspect of it is where most people are missing because that's not anything that we're taught about in school. Uh, I went to school for business and finance, and nobody ever taught me about whole life insurance and how I could actually use it to my advantage.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really good point. The uh, the whole uh, uh, idea of you know the economic the value and control, like what's the economic value of 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 having control and certainty in your life? And I think that's uh, such an important point. That that you're right. People don't really think about it or, or grasp it, but if you really think about that. I think that's a huge one. And, um, this infinite banking, this whole life insurance, it really does give you that. If you're someone who does value those things like control and certainty. Um,
1: well, and then also the other, the other aspect of that is when you have a banking system that you've created, that you are now running the the majority of your money through, or really any portion of your money through, you start to recover opportunity costs. And opportunity costs is the hidden cost of everything we do. It's not anything that's ever going to show up on our budget, but it's money that is leaking out of our life that we just can't even see. And so once you start plugging those holes, you start to scoop up dollars that were leaking out of your life that you just didn't even know about. So all of a sudden, as you start to really take more control of your situation, it starts to grow faster than you anticipated.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and um, so you're in the US, by the way, in Texas, I, I'm in Canada, but I, I think it's very similar in the sense of like the stability. I think I know in Canada, the life insurance companies I think for 100 plus years have, have never not paid a dividend every year through you know, both World Wars, uh, Great Depression, 2008. So it's, it's very stable. I think the average uh, dividend rate is around 6%. I'm not sure if that's about the same. In the U.S.?
1: It's, it's probably similar,
0: more or less. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. Uh, so and you alluded to it at the beginning, but, you know, I think the lack of education is a is a huge problem out there with this concept. Um, I've spoken to uh, financial advisors myself, several of them personally. I know others who've spoken to their own advisors after I've like introduced them to this concept. And there's just so much bad information being provided to people. And a recurring theme that I always hear, which which you said as well, coincidentally, is that they say, you know, most people say that whole life insurance is, is just for beneficial for the, like the super wealthy. Uh, and when I hear that, like, I always get annoyed because, you know, people are saying that are literally just providing bad information, you know. So, so what do you say to, to those people who are getting this type of information and Uh, just bad information in general from people.
1: Well, so Nelson Nash's number one principle was you've gotta be willing to think long-term. And one of the reasons why wealthy individuals take advantage of whole life insurance more than anybody else is because they have the ability to think long-term. But we live in this this culture today that I like to call the microwave mentality, where we wanna put it in the microwave for a few minutes and, and have our food immediately, but food out of the oven tastes so much better than food out of the microwave. And what we also know is when we microwave our food, we lose a lot of the nutrients that we would have maintained by actually cooking it properly. And so this, uh, microwave mentality is what gets so many people in trouble. The, the aspect of who, who is this designed for specifically? It's designed for the long-term thinker. Now, if you are just middle-class, you don't have a, a ton of money, but you are willing to think long-term, this can work for you. If you're not willing to think long-term, then infinite banking is not going to be for you because you're going to get frustrated. But most people are practicing long-term thinking either... Um, by force or voluntarily and here's what i mean by that most workers most w2 workers are participating in some sort of individual retirement account 401k something like that either because they chose to do so or they were forced to do so one or the other well when you're putting money into those accounts You're not thinking, I'm going to use some of this money tomorrow. I'm going to use some of this money in a year, two years, five years. You're thinking 20, 30, 40 years down the road. And infinite banking is not an investment strategy. I want to make sure everybody understands that. It's a cash flow strategy that can include investments and all these other things that are out there. But infinite banking by itself is not an investment strategy. It's just a way to lock in minimum guarantees on your money. It's like a savings account on steroids with all these other amazing features that come along with it. So if someone is putting money into a Roth IRA and we're kind of comparing it to infinite banking, people put money into a Roth IRA because they want tax-free growth for the future. Well, if you want tax-free growth for the future, why not put it into an infinite banking plan? where you still get to maintain that tax free growth for the future, but you also still have access to your money to utilize in, in various ways simultaneously. And on top of that, because it is life insurance, you have a multiplier on top of your money that if anything happens to you, your family's taken care of. You know, if I put 20 grand into a Roth IRA and something happens to me, my wife gets the, the Roth IRA. But if I put 20 grand into a policy and something happens to me, my wife gets several hundred thousand dollars. And so you're kind of buying insurance on your capital to a degree. And if you're willing to think long term, all the money that you're putting in up front, you're going to be getting back many times over the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and you're right. I think uh, to to really understand this concept, you, you sort of have to not sort of. You definitely have to think outside of the box and like think of 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 uh, finances and cash flow in non traditional ways that you're used to. And uh, right, this is not an investment strategy. I think that's what uh, a lot of people get mixed up with as well. It truly is a cash flow strategy, and just gives you full control and autonomy of your cash flow. And that's for me personally. That's one of the most important things. Speaking of that, though, I- I'd love to talk about. Uh, practical ways that everyday people using this concept and are set up with it, like examples of of how they're using this concept and like from the cash flow perspective in their everyday lives, you know, from investments, paying debt, taxes, whatever the case is, like I would love to dive into that if you don't mind. Um, I, I think sure. this will help those listening, you just make, make this whole concept feel a bit more real and practical rather than just talking about it like theoretical, I guess. Um, And I know you have your own policies, I'm sure. And you've helped by the looks of it, like hundreds of others set up their own policies and and educate them on this concept. So can you share a couple of um, just examples of what people are doing day to day?
1: So um, we we have two different types of people who come to us, Um, some who are wanting to eliminate debt. Um, some who are already debt free and now they're just looking to enhance what they're already doing in their investments and things like that. So those who are trying to get out of debt, what happens, and and this is, this is where infinite banking can become really powerful for someone who is, who is already aggressively working on paying off debt. If like, let's just use real simple numbers. Let's say I have an Amex card that the minimum payment on that Amex card is $100 a month. But I have an outstanding balance that I can't pay off right away. So I'm aggressively paying that Amex card off. So I'm sending an extra $400 a month to Amex. So I'm, so I'm gonna send them a $500 a month payment. Anything over and above the minimum that goes back to the credit card company once it leaves your bank account, are you ever gonna see that money again? No. It's gone forever. So in that situation, and that's how everybody operates, they get money, they drop it down into their bank account, and then they go pay their bills and they get one use for their money and that's it. So with Infinite Banking, we say, hey, what if we can add an extra step to this process where you could lock in minimum guarantees on your money the rest of your life and still go take care of the bills just like you were gonna do anyways. So uh, with that client specifically, we told them, take that extra 400 a month, we're going to put it into your plan, and then we're going to borrow against it and, and still work on paying off Amex. <laughs> and then once we get Amex paid off, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, because money has to flow no matter what. So when you get money in your life, there's only four things you can do with it. You can spend it, you can save it, you can invest it, or you can give it away. So what we're gonna do is once we pay off these other institutions, we're gonna act like we're still making those payments to those institutions, but now we're gonna pay our own banking system that money. Because if we're not sending it to them, we wanna send it back to ourselves, but we wanna put it in a better environment where it's actually gonna create more opportunities for us than it would otherwise. So by redirecting those payments, now going back to our own banking system, we continue to recover that opportunity cost that would have been lost if we would have just been paying cash. Yeah. And so that is one example, like with credit cards, where this can become really powerful because if, you, if you're if you paying 20% on a credit card, which is about average for most credit cards. Um, so if you're paying 20% on a credit card, but you can borrow against your your money to pay off that card and now pretend assume that you're still making those payments but just start making those payments to your own banking system instead of someone else's. Well, now you actually get to recover that money, that that interest that would have been going out the door to someone else. Now you're actually sending it back to your own system. And without a system in place and without you practicing the concept of being a good banker, once you paid off Amex, you know what would have happened to that money? you would have spent it and you don't even know what you would have spent it on. Yeah. But, but all of a sudden you pay off Amex you're like, Oh sweet. I got an extra $500 a month in my, you know, in my budget. And then you, you reallocate it to your budget or you go, you know, buy some new golf clubs or whatever, whatever it is, you know? And so having the ability to put money into a system, lock in minimum guarantees, and then go out and still take care of all the other needs that you need in your life is really powerful Um, because not only do you lock in those minimum guarantees, but you, you get essentially three uses by putting your money, running your money through a policy, you get the death benefit because it is life insurance. So you have instant value for your money day one, no matter what. Um, number two is you get uninterrupted growth on your money. And number three is the fact that you actually start to become the bank. You have the ability to control that capital and, make loans to yourself for purchases and things like that. Now, where people get hung up is when they hear that word loan and they automatically assume that that's a bad thing. Oh, well, all I'm doing is just, you know, moving money around. Like that doesn't really make sense. But when it's a system you control, that's where it becomes powerful because no one has ever experienced what happens when you are making loans to yourself and you're controlling the terms of those loans? And when we, when we take those overpayments that are going other places, and this is just one example, but when we take those overpayments and now we, we send them to our policy That extra money, once it's freed up, we're automatically satisfying one of those requirements, which is we're locking in the ability to save it for the future. And then we can simultaneously figure out what else we want to do with it. We can spend it or we can invest it or whatever, but at least we're getting the minimum guarantees on it no matter what.
0: Yeah. That's a great example. Um, I love that with debt. And it, back to my one of my favorite parts about it is just just having control of, of the of the cash flow. And you know, unlike a traditional loan, uh, you're paying it back on your terms, like when you want, uh, how often you want, or even if you ever want. Right? Which that's the part where people are like, "What do you mean?" Like we can get into that <laughs> as well. But um, I, I want to get into more examples. So, like that's a great one, debt. Um, definitely leverage your policy, your cash value to pay off debt. And it's much more strategic. Uh, What about for those, another one that I think people can relate to, let's say you have an upcoming expense that you know is coming up. Let's say your your furnace is like 15 years old and it's going to last you this winter, but you know, next year, like you're going to have to dish out like 50K, like, you know, that expense is coming. Like, how can you, so it's not debt, but like, you know, a payment is coming up. Like, what do you? How can you use um, your your policy in that situation?
1: So, if you have um, some people who 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 budget like really strictly, they like to create sinking funds for themselves. When they know that there's future expenses that are going to be coming up, they start making those payments to themselves way in advance, in anticipation of that for the future, and and that really boils down to. Uh, One of Nelson's principles, which is and it's really the entire premise of infinite banking, which is you finance everything in your life, whether you're paying cash for it or not, because when you're borrowing from the bank, you're making payments back to the bank. When you are paying cash for things, you're making payments to yourself for a future purchase. So you're always making payments somewhere. So money's got to flow somewhere no matter what. Um, But then the other side of that is you're always giving up interest if you're financing obviously you're paying interest to the bank so you're losing out on that opportunity but even when you're paying cash you're you're losing out on the interest that that money could have earned had it been in a better environment so for people who have sinking funds, man this is a game changer
0: yeah for sure and so like walk us through like the practical so you take the loan let's say 50k as that example for like a furnace. Like just what, yeah. what would be the process and how so, that
1: <clears throat> so if I if I needed fifty K for a furnace and I knew that at some point in the future I was gonna have to replace it again and I wanted to create a an amortization schedule for myself, I could set that up on whatever terms I decided, and then I could go ahead and start continuing to make those payments back to my system. And Well, you know, all that does is it locks in more opportunity because guess what? If you, if you have to pay $50,000 right now for the furnace, is it going to be cheaper in the future? Nope. It's going to be more. And then, so then, so you factor that into it. And if you factor in inflation, if all you were doing was using your sinking fund or, or if all you were doing was allocating your sinking fund to a savings account because you wanted it to be really safe and sit there for a while, you're technically going backwards. So the cost is rising, which means your, bu- your buying power is going down and shrinking. So you need something that that's when we talk, why we talk about better environments. You need something that's going to keep up or fight against this, Uh, invisible headwind that you're facing every day you put money in a savings account.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, set your, when you, when you borrow from your system, this is what we tell our clients. Anytime you're taking a loan out from your policy, have a plan for how you're going to repay that loan. You know, don't just take money out of your policy just because it's sitting there, like have a plan for how that money's going to return back. And so create an amortization schedule for yourself that works with your budget and start making those payments back to yourself. And then if you get a windfall that you weren't anticipating, well, now you can make bigger payments back to yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful and thing.
1: Everybody gets, some, everybody gets some kind of windfall every yeah. year.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm not, it, does, it doesn't necessarily have to be like millions or you know hundreds of thousands of dollars, but everybody has money that shows up in their life that they weren't anticipating. Like, yeah. I mean, I just got a check in the mail yesterday that I didn't know it was coming and then it showed up. Now I've got a place to put it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, yeah, there's, there's just life events that happen, right? I mean, we're, I don't, you know, parents, you know, pass away, things like that, you know, assets getting transferred, you know, there, there's so many different examples of what you mean by windfalls, which, which everyone will encounter at some point.
1: Here's another practical example of how you can use your system. And, um, this boils down to the fact that most people have no clue how banks make money. Okay. Um, I actually posted this TikTok video the other day. And so banks make money just like retail businesses make money. They have a product that they have to mark up and sell for a profit. Now, the only way a bank makes money is if you bring them money, because a bank doesn't open their doors with all this money sitting there, or whatever. They, when they open their doors, they are hoping that somebody's going to show up and give them money, because banks make money off of your money. They sell your money to someone else at a higher rate. So, the way uh, the example that I used on that video was, if I took ten thousand dollars to the bank, and I said, "Hey, if I leave this money on deposit, how much would you pay me?" And let's say they're going to pay me five percent. I'm okay with that. 5% is not terrible. I walk out the door. Somebody else walks in the door inevitably the same day or calls them on the phone either way and says, hey, I need a $10,000 loan. Well, they're going to be like, okay, sweet. Well, We just took in $10,000, so that's easy. We're going to loan this money out at 10%. Now, 99% of people would say, so they're paying you 5%, they're earning 10%. The bank made a 5% spread on their money. But they didn't make 5%. They made a 100%. And here's why. When you are using someone else's money to create value for yourself, the rate of return has a far greater impact than when you're putting your own money at risk. The bank's not putting their money at risk for that interest. They're putting my money at risk for that interest. And the this idea that... And we can actually operate in way, in the same way that banks do is crazy i can borrow money from my policy and, and this is this is a real life example i've done this like i've done some uh some hard money lending deals small deals not anything massive but um not long ago somebody approached me and needed a ten thousand dollars loan and i knew them I, I felt like they were a good bet and so I borrowed that money from my policy and I loaned it to them at ten percent. Okay. Ten percent's not a crazy rate. It keeps them from having to jump through hoops with a bank. So it's 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 a fair deal for both of us. But when you understand what's happening with my policy simultaneously, I'm not earning ten percent on my money. I'm I'm earning triple digits. Yeah. Because I'm not putting my money at risk. I'm using the insurance company's money.
0: Exactly. Okay.
1: So here, here's a practical use for people who are, who are trying to figure out how could I actually use this. We talk about family banking a lot. And we work with a lot of families. So imagine mom and dad have have started a banking system. And they've got, well, I mean, I have four kids. So imagine four kids underneath mom and dad. Now, without any kind of system in place, those four kids are inevitably going to go start their lives at some point, and they're going to start borrowing money and paying cash either way. And every time they do that, the money's going to Chase, Wells Fargo, Capital One. It's it's just going out the door constantly. But if you create a family banking system where mom and dad are the bankers, and the kids have the education that comes along with this that, that helps them understand that we're going to be a family bank. And instead of going out the door to one of those big banks, they're actually borrowing from the family bank. If I could loan money out to my kids at 10%, that does a few few things for them. One, 10% uh, keeps them from having to go jump through hoops with the bank. It's not an astronomical rate by any means. It also ensures that my policy gets repaid at a greater rate than than what I'm loaning it out at. So I'm making good interest on my money. But here's where it gets really cool. My kids are will be, they're not old enough yet, but my kids will be simultaneously funding their life and funding their inheritance. So the money that's going back to the family bank they don't ever have to worry about losing their money anymore because they know they're going to be getting it at, getting it back many times over because eventually my wife and I are going to graduate. We're going to die. That's, you know, that's just part of life. We're going to die, which means that windfall is going to go down to the next generation, which means we're keeping the money in the family and, and it creates a cycle where the money goes back up to mom and dad and it continues to trickle down and, and then return back. So, they're funding their life, they're funding their future inheritance. They they can also be simultaneously giving me passive income.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's
1: it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing when you see it because the more times you can get money to stay in the family and cycle, the stronger that money becomes.
0: Yeah, that's that's something I'm like right now looking at. I have uh, two kids, one on the way. Um, and yeah, just thinking of, of, of their future. And there's so much possibilities with uh, infinite banking and, and the education that comes along with that, that you can teach your kids that they won't learn in school. And I think that that part alone is is invaluable for sure. And another thing, too, that's so um, advantageous if you're if you're the type of person like an entrepreneur or uh, someone with a business mind, I, I truly believe that opportunities find those with access to capital and when you have a policy and that's that's growing every year tax-free and you have access to to take out loans on it whenever you want uh, opportunities seem to find you right and I think that's another huge
1: yeah my business partner yeah my business partner says opportunity finds capital yeah. he says that all the time and uh and it's true um, it, I don't remember who said it but I heard this recently. Um, money is always looking for the best home.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that.
1: And so, if you create this this beautiful home, this beautiful environment, this beautiful experience for money to flow to, um, you know, great things can happen for sure. But you know, we we have uh, clients who have leveraged their policies to uh, fund businesses. Um, we have clients who have leveraged their policies to fund real estate. And real estate is is, is the closest asset class to whole life insurance. Yeah. And and this is where when people people who are people who believe in real estate and hate on whole life insurance, they just don't understand whole life insurance. Because let me let me just break down the similarities with whole life insurance and real estate. So real estate is you know, if you do it right, it's, a, it's an appreciating asset, okay? Well, a whole life insurance policy is an appreciating asset. Real estate, if if I have uh, a property that's worth $200,000, and I build up $100,000 equity in that property, um, I if, if I wanted to tap into that equity, I got to go jump through hoops with the bank and all that stuff. And then once I do tap into that equity, They control the repayment terms. I don't get to control that. They get to control that. Okay. So with a whole life insurance policy, your death benefit is the value of the asset. That is part of your future net worth. And just like anything else that we are building for ourselves right now, we can't take it with us. Eventually it's got to go to somebody else. So that whatever that death benefit is, if it's half a million dollars, whatever, If I build up $250,000 worth of cash value, that two hundred fifty dollars is the equity inside of my asset. But here's the beauty of it. I can tap that equity without a bank ever knowing about it. Yep. And I can tap that equity without anybody ever knocking on my door saying, why haven't you made a payment?
0: Yeah. And that's... That's the biggest part of it. I mean, that's the biggest differentiator when you're comparing this to real estate, which which I don't think you can, because to me, um, you know, the fact that you can tap into that, there's no credit checks, there's no questions, uh, you could do what you want with it. It's 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 off the grid, you can say, and you have full control. Like to me, that's that's priceless, right? Yep. So I want to talk about other like a a couple other practical ways that you've seen on the investment side of people leveraging this, like, you know, real estate, maybe buying businesses. Like, what are you seeing in that regard?
1: So here's here's what's really cool with real estate. Let me go go back to that to my thought originally. So. uh, So we've had clients who have done this. So you can take. um the cash value from your property or from your policy to go buy real estate. And like, just for a real simple example, let's say you had enough in your policy for the down payment of the real estate. So you take a loan against the cash value, you borrow against the cash value in your policy and you go secure the real estate. All right. Now I didn't use any of my money to, secure that asset, I use the insurance company's money to secure that asset. So by securing that rental property, the I'm going to get several things. One is I get the depreciation that I get to write off, which is can be massive. Um, I get the appreciation of the property over time. And also I get the cash flow that's coming off of that property. Now the cash flow, if I didn't, if I didn't have an immediate need for that income, the cash flow can be sent directly back to my policy, so that I can get ready for the next real estate deal I want to do. Now, here's what's really cool: is I borrowed against the equity in my policy to create equity in another asset. So I created equity in two different assets with the same dollar, which is crazy. Yeah,
0: and and, and the 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 equity that using your cash uh, policy or the cash value. You're not deducting that from your cash value. So that's still growing at its its full amount as well, right? Like you're not cutting from the tree. Right. Well the and then, still uh,
1: and then also also when you're borrowing from your system, as I mentioned earlier, if you have a, a repayment plan, but then but then you also still have new income that's coming in, or you get another windfall or something like that. Well, now you've created a home for that windfall to go back yeah. into. And the cool thing about um, making repayments back to your policy loans is that acts like your own personal line of credit within the policy. Yeah. So every repayment that I make back to my policy loan, it's not like I can't, it's not like once I take a policy loan, all my money's locked up until I pay that policy loan off. It's like every payment I make back to my policy loan, now that just frees up a cash for me to use it again. So I'm not tying up any of my money. The way you would in a traditional loan set.
0: I, I think it, it's so important that um, people treat this like their own bank and like a business, and, and you know you should definitely be be paying back whatever loan you you take out, right? I, it's very easy to take advantage I, of that. I,
1: absolutely, and and when you you bring up business, that reminds me, Nelson Nash said. Everybody needs to be in two businesses, the one they make their living in and banking. And banking is more important than the one they make their living in. And, and once you start to understand the power of controlling the banking function, this whole idea becomes a no-brainer. Um, there's a, a, a part of the book in Becoming Your Own Banker, you may remember this, the headwind and tailwind example, where what Nelson discovered was of the money that you are spending on your life right now, the average the average American, thirty four and a half percent of every dollar you're spending right now is going to interest alone. Now that sounds really crazy and really high. And let me let me explain where the big the big portion of that comes from. So four and a half percent of that is coming from your vehicles, roughly. Uh, 25% of that is coming from your house now most people when they hear that they go nobody pays 25% interest on a house they do they just don't realize it and here's why interest is front-loaded on loans so and this is a real life example I actually experienced this firsthand before I learned about infinite banking I lived in a house for seven years okay and we, it wasn't like we were making a ton of money, so we didn't make any extra payments on the mortgage. We just paid our minimum, and we were just living paycheck to paycheck like most people. Okay, so for those seven years I lived in that house, when we sold that house, I looked it up. All the payments that I had made to the mortgage over seven years, you know how much interest? You know how much of it was interest? How much? 65%.
0: Yeah.
1: In seven years, 65% of what I paid was interest, which means even though my mortgage was three and a half percent, I didn't pay three and a half percent. I paid 65%. And most people don't live in houses for 40 years anymore. They live in houses about five to 10 years, and then they sell them and move on to something else. And so every time that happens, you're clearing the calculator on the interest and you're starting all over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's an interesting stat. That's a crazy one. That's a crazy one. Um, so, so it, your, your company, unlimited life concepts, what do you guys do exactly?
1: So we educate people on the concept. We have an educational course that we rolled out on social media a few years ago. Um, we actually just revamped it, reshot everything and we're about to roll out the updated version very soon, probably in the next few weeks. Um, So we have this educational course that people can go through. That's the gateway to our educational process. Um, It's some educational videos we created, but there's a lot more to it than just that. Um, You can also opt in for a copy of Becoming Your Own Banker that we ship out directly to your door. So we ship those books out all over the country every week. And uh, on top of that, you get one-on-one access to us. Um, you, you actually get a one-on-one coach that will uh, educate you and teach you as much as you want to learn about the concept. We will actually design, we'll, we'll, we'll go through a discovery process with you and learn more about your situation. We'll design a customized strategy for you with our proprietary software that shows you exactly what it would look like if you decided to implement this in your life. So you actually get to see hypothetically if I used infinite banking in my life, What kind of value is this going to create for me? And if you see that it's going to create the value that you're looking for and you want to work with us, then we are happy to come alongside you as your coaches, as well as your agents and write the policy and get it set up with you uh, or get it set up for you. We are uh, authorized practitioners through the Nelson Nash Institute. You don't have to be an authorized practitioner to teach infinite banking. But uh, we went through some specialized training to make sure that we are teaching the concept the way Nelson Nash intended it. Um, unfortunately, there people have taken his idea and they they've really kind of bastardized the message. Um, and they've tried to they've tried to uh, appeal to the masses by comparing it to investment strategies. and And that's just not what it was that's not what it was created for. And so, um, as authorized practitioners, we are purists when it comes to teaching the concept. Our our mentors were personally mentored by Nelson, so we have a very strong indirect connection to Nelson himself. And so that's what we do: we educate, and then we help you implement if that's what you want to do. And then at that point, once you become a client, you have us for life as far as a resource. Uh, we do ongoing reviews for clients all the time because obviously life's going to change in some way. So uh, if you get an inheritance or um, get a raise or something like that, then we'll go back and, and review your current plan and see if, if we need to make yeah. changes. And
0: so you are, you guys are uh, licensed insurance agents as well, right? Yeah, we are. That, that's a good point too. I think uh, you're starting to see now uh, just more and more noise around infinite banking and, and what it is. And honestly, a lot of it is not fully accurate and it's not used in or people are are spewing it in ways that it it really shouldn't be used in or just so i wouldn't just encourage people uh listening just to be mindful of that and um like nelson ash is is like the founder of the concept right and um i'll post a link to the book as well becoming your own banker i think that's a great starting point Uh, i think it was the starting point for both of us um in this case but um Love what you're doing, Nate. Uh, Keep up the incredible work and, you know, hopefully we can spread this message to more people and get more people aware of infinite banking and all the benefits it can bring. And um, we should definitely uh, keep in touch and and maybe do this again sometime for sure.
1: For sure, absolutely. Well, the one thing that I firmly believe in is, uh, you know, God has ordained moments in people's lives and transformational information, transformational information shows up at the perfect moment. So I am fully confident that someone is going to listen to this and it's going to change your life the way it changed. ours. Just to
0: add to that as well. Like there's looking back on like my life and my experiences, I don't think there's, there's one thing, um, that I've learned that I've like genuinely with, with no, benefit involved no financial benefit at all that i just genuinely want other people to know about cuz like this is just game changing in so many ways so that's why you know i like to speak to people like yourself record put it out there and you know i hopefully will will, will perk up some ears and get some people digging into their own so
1: well a big part of our business is word of mouth um, because once somebody starts using the concept like you said inevitably you're going to tell somebody like it's, it's too exciting not to yeah. share. I mean, if you read a good book or you watch a good movie, do you just keep that to yourself or do you want other people to know about it? Well, it's, it's the same way with infinite banking. It's like, man, this is too good. to it just is, keep yeah. to myself.
0: Literally, I've been telling everyone I know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm mentioning this in some way or another, but yeah, hopefully this uh, this reaches more people. And that's the whole point. Uh, your website, uh, unlimitedlifeconcepts.com. I'll put that in the notes and your Twitter and all that. Um, Nay, man, pleasure meeting you again. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely well, be in brother. touch.